Hey everyone, this is Tom Singer. Before we get started with today's episode, I want to inform you about a special offer that I have to join a brand new group called My Sales Call. If you work for a small business or if you're a solopreneur, having some people to talk about ideas and best practices and to have a focus and accountability around sales is so important. It's so easy to get caught up in the busy work that we don't do what we need to do to drive the sales in our business. So I have started a weekly call where people can get together and share ideas around sales and then make a commitment to the group of what they're going to accomplish for the next week. It's just like if you work for a big company, your sales manager would have a weekly sales call. This is your sales call. Go to mysalescall.com to find out more and sign up today. Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Well, hello, and welcome back to, or welcome to, the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. This podcast was designed so that we could interview really interesting people who were doing cool things because when you get around people who are successful, they can't help it. Success leaves clues. So they have to, when you hear from them, they have to leave a nugget, a theory, an idea, some experience behind that you're going to be able to gather up and be able to take hold of and use somehow in your own career. And I think today is going to be a cool episode because today we have not one, but two guests we have the two people who were known as Team Fun on The Amazing Race. That's right. They were on two different seasons of The Amazing Race, and I had the opportunity to meet them a couple of months ago. And I wanted to talk to them about sort of having fun in everything that you do. And then I also wanted to talk about taking advantage of things that come your way and then in an entrepreneurial way, spinning that into a business. So we have Floyd and Becca, known as Team Fun from The Amazing Race, right here on Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Welcome, guys. Hello. Thank you so much. Thanks, Tom. Thanks for having us. You know we like following clues. That's right. That's exactly right. That, I have no <laughs> yeah, envelopes for you. we see what you did there. I have no envelopes for you this time, but that's uh, that's good. So why don't you each take a second and introduce yourself? So Becca, why don't you go first? My name is Becca Droz. I'm calling in from Boulder, Colorado, and it is there's inches of snow outside. Uh, and I grew up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Uh, dreamed to be on The Amazing Race. Lucky that it happened, and I am a rock climbing instructor, coach, and guide here in Boulder, and so I spend most of my time either climbing or working outside or in the climbing gym uh, with teaching teaching rock climbing skills and uh, enhancing confidence and growing community, and yeah, it's a total blast. Nice, and Floyd, who are you? Hi, I'm Floyd Pierce. I'm also calling in from Boulder, Colorado, but not with not with Becca in a separate, undisclosed location. Uh, and I grew up, was born and raised in Highlands Ranch, Colorado. Went to CU for college. Also, always dreamed about being on the Amazing Race, and you know that happened. And then currently, I work as a client service manager at an investment advisory firm in Boulder. So I'm all about that wealth management, the the finance. So we're not really like the tax side of finance; we're more of like the investment and financial planning side, which involves taxes, but so so let's fine. let's um, let's talk about yeah. how, how you guys each got on the amazing race. Because I think a lot of us watch reality TV shows and we think, I want to do that. But one of the things that you have to do to be successful in anything is you have to take action. So tell us about your first season and how you applied. Yeah, taking action. It's it is funny how many people say, Oh, I've always wanted to be on the amazing race. And I'm like, Oh, did you apply? And they're like, No, how do you do that? <laughs> For and, real. Like yes. Google amazing race application. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, so that was what I did when I was younger and learned that you have to be 21 to be on the show. And so was making the master plan from my, for 15 years of how I was going to make this video happen with my brother. Um, and so when I ended up, I was a, a day late and a buck short, but I got my video out when I was 22 and we applied, made a, a video that caught casting director's attention, uh, and 
So we got some interviews, but they, they didn't want us that season. They said, keep applying. We applied the next season. Uh, we may, actually, our application video was a wrap and they did not like the stickiness of that. They just want to genuine. Uh, and I was, and they didn't respond. And I was like, Oh, they don't want us. This dream is over. And for years, I, I totally forgot about the dream to be honest. And, and was a slip purpose in life was slipping away. And then I remembered that I had this dream to be on the amazing race and I couldn't let it die. And so I, I did start working on a third application video, but that one didn't even really matter because those casting directors are stalkers and they remember us if they want us. And uh, yeah, one day they gave gave me the call and said, we're doing something different this season and we want you and not your brother. We, want, <laughs> we need a video by the end of the week of just you, why you'd be a good partner and what you want in a partner. Uh, and so, block so, these dates out. <laughs> so does, does your brother still speak to you? Yeah, he's he does. He got to share our prize trip to the Galapagos, so ah. he got the best out of it. <laughs> very, very, very nice. And and the season that you guys were on was a season where they didn't bring on teams; they brought on individuals, and you ended up selecting teams. So, so Floyd, what led you to to applying, and how many times did you apply? Yeah, so I watched Amazing Race ever since I was little, ever since I was in the fifth grade, and it just had always been my dream to be on the show. So then when I was finally 21, it was, uh, I only applied one time. So I was finally 21, well, I was 20 actually when I applied and I just said, I'm going to be 21 by the time the race happens. Um, but it was my junior year of college and it was me and another drum major from the marching band because that's what I did. I was a drum major in the marching band and we submitted our video in like November of 2016, I think it was, no, 2015, whatever year. And then like three months later, we got a call back. I actually missed the call because I was sleeping. So I woke up and I had this voicemail that said, like, hey, Floyd, this is Erica from Amazing Race Casting. We have uh, want to talk about your video. So I freaked out. And then I called her back and she said she had good news and bad news. The good news is she wanted me. The bad news is, was that it was just me and not my partner because they're doing this thing where they're pairing up complete strangers for the first time. And like similar to what Becca said, they said, you have like, the weekend to create a new audition video with just yourself. Here's like a 170 page contract. Uh, send us your passport. I actually didn't have a passport at the time. So they were like, send us the paperwork so we can get a passport for you. And then, yeah, nice. you know, one thing led to another and we were uh, at the starting line. Nice. So, I mean, I think this really does lead to a great lesson is that if you want something, you got to apply, right? You got to put yourself out there. You may not have yep. gotten it. You may get turned down a couple of times like Becca did. But if you really want something, whether it's in business or in life or you want to be, you know, on a reality TV show, you've got to be the one who 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 sort of puts yourself out there and makes it makes it happen. So the season you were on, you all showed up individually and then you had to pick partners. Tell everybody how that worked. Yeah, so how the challenge worked was that we were off the starting line and Phil, the host of the race, he said, what we had to do is we had to run through the streets of LA and find this luggage shop with a piece of luggage that had a flag of Panama on it. And at this point, I freaked out because I was like, I know exactly what that flag looks like. I'm going to be back here first. It's going to be great. That wasn't. Um, <laughs> so we had to basically run through and get these suitcases and then return back to the starting line, which is at this park in LA. And the order with which we returned was the order that we got to choose our partners um and I'll, I'll let becca take over the the selection process yeah so from there there's i mean the people who sh it kind of messes with your head because you're like oh the, whoever shows up in the beginning of this challenge must be the best at the amazing race because they can run fast and they know flags and they know directions <laughs> but it was kind of a, a play on psychology because anyone at the end of the line is just as capable of winning as anyone at the beginning of the line. But, uh, but you know, it's all a psychological game. So a lot of people who were, I think I got there like sixth or seventh and everyone who I kind of was in the top of my head to pick was before me and they all picked different people uh, or each other or someone in that first part of the line. And it got to me and I knew I wanted someone who had like the book smarts and the intellectual kind of prowess. And I also knew I wanted someone who was physically competent. And I knew I wanted to be partnered with someone who was willing to have a really good time. And honestly, like freestyling and beatboxing was something I really looked forward to experiencing with my brother. And so it was something I really wanted to seek out in a partner. And 
So looking down the line, there was only one person who really fit that uh, stereotypical mold that I could I could grab from without having any conversation with anybody. I actually almost picked Vank because he you know is like nerdy and he is a good runner, uh, but I don't think he would have freestyled. So, but you didn't really you didn't really know because you hadn't had time to talk to each other. You didn't necessarily know that much about Floyd or anything about him. Did you even know he was from Colorado? You both live in the same area. I, I knew nothing about Floyd besides what you could see just by looking at him. So he was a young African American guy. So you said he's he's my partner. Yep. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, and very quickly, the, the two of you did like have this synergy. I remember my wife has been a fan of The Amazing Race since season one. I don't think we've ever missed an episode. And uh, I probably missed one or two, but she's never missed an episode. And I remember the synergy you guys had. You just suddenly, it was like you were best friends almost from, from the start with kind of this little silly strain that both ran through you. And, and quickly, your nickname became Team Fun. So let, let's talk about why Team Fun. Well, yeah, why Team Fun? That's the eternal question. <laughs> <laughs> well, part of the reason was that I did bring on the first season, before I started making my own buttons, I brought this fun meter that I had been gifted. And I, was, I brought one for me and whoever my partner would be. Uh, as Because for me, it's in my family and wherever – we were using them. It was a way to really elevate the mood. Yep, there it is. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, you guys can't see this because this is an audio podcast, but on my bulletin board, I have a button that is a fun meter and mine is all the way over to fun stoppable. Oh yeah, boy. Before the going hard. <laughs> yeah. Before we got to design our own fun meters, we were just using uh, one that, yeah, using one that had already been made. Uh, and yeah, that, that, was like when you create intention around like what our team's energy wants to bring and we bring that together, then it becomes more powerful. And it's not just like, Oh, this girl wants to have fun. I'm not into that. So uh, she can go do that fun thing while I go do my, like whatever I'm just trying to win or, or anything. And I I remember that first interaction that Floyd and I had at the starting line, right after we had uh, become a part become a team where I think we just, I looked at him and I was like, we're going to win this thing. And his response was just genuine excitement to be there and genuine desire to win uh, in a really fun loving way. Like energetically, we could feel we were on the same page of why we were both here. Now, this is a, this is a really good example. This is a really good example for the work world because we don't get to pick who we work with most of the time. And so you can go into looking around at your coworkers like, oh, God, what a stick in the mud. Or you can go in and just be enthusiastic and build on those connections that come through the energy between people. I mean, I think it's a really good example. You're seasoned because people weren't married couples or best friends for 30 years. You literally met at the starting gate. That was, you know, yep. that was a lesson for life right there, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it's also important to note that, like, like not it's what's also so magical about, like, how we were formed is, like, not everyone, enthusiasm is not the right way for some people to connect. You know what I mean? Like, not everyone is inherently energetic or, or likes to bond with people in that manner. Um, but it's, it, you know, it's just, I think the lesson there is, like, to kind of understand where someone is at and try to, meet them on that level and luckily Beck and I were just on that enthusiastic fun loving level and it just it just meshed I think it was also nerves and fear going through both of us at that time which is why we were like <laughs> shouting and just like giggling nonstop that first like sure. and the whole race really but sure. yeah we definitely had that well and you guys played well you were a strong team but you didn't win what season was that what was your first season what was the number 29 season 29 yeah uh, you didn't win. So why doesn't somebody tell the story? I, I think you came in maybe fourth, somewhere around there. Um, fifth, somebody tell me the story of, of what happened because it's not necessarily the happiest ending of The Amazing Race, and yet you both had the best attitude about it. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell the story. So, <laughs> so we're in like 10, uh, close to the end of the race. We're in like 10, we're in the Ninh Binh Mountains of Vietnam. And it was a roadblock, which is a challenge where you have to choose one or the other person to do it. And I was the one who chose me to do this challenge. And what I had to do was I had to load up this bike with about 120 shrimp traps and then ride it a mile down a road to a fisherman's village to deliver all these shrimp traps and get the next clue. 
So what was happening was I wasn't tying the shrimp traps on tightly. I was having an incredible amount of difficulty balancing and riding that bike. So I kind of essentially walked it, which was way slower. And uh, after like a couple of attempts and like three, three to four hours later, um, I eventually finished the challenge. Um, I, it was funny because we got to that challenge. There were five teams left in the race at that point. So we got to that challenge tied for first and we were leaving in last place. So once I finished the challenge, we were leaving and I go, I go to Becca and I'm like, okay, let's go. We got this. And, um, they didn't show all of these falls on TV, but while we were in this, like we were biking all around the area. So we were biking to the next challenge at this like lake or something. And I kept falling off my bike and I fell off my bike probably about, I would say like four or five times before the amazing race medical staff finally stopped me and laid me down and they uh, diagnosed me with heat stroke. So I was, you know, overheated. I was hallucinating. I thought I could cry. I tried crying blood from my eyes, <laughs> which was crazy. And then there's also just like a period of my like memory that's just like blank. Like I don't really remember 30 minutes from that day. Um, but I remember being sat in a van, cooled down for a while. And I went up to Becca and she said, and, she, and I was like, because my like positivity gland in my brain was like on hyperdrive. I was like, I'm good. I'm good. It's, it's fine. We're, we're, let's, let's keep going. So I go up to Becca and say, let's keep going. Um, yeah, maybe we can walk our bikes. And then she says, what country are we in right now, Floyd? And I said, what country are we in? Hmm. We are, and I had no idea where we were. So then we came to the joint decision that I probably wasn't fit to keep going and finish the flag. And then Phil met us on the race course and eliminated us from the race. So that's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of the story of Team Punch Chapter 1. Yeah, but you race. know, I, I, I remember it, and, and I almost get emotional about it, because afterwards... They they interviewed you, and they, you guys had only met a few weeks earlier. It's very possible that someone in Becca's place could have been like instantly like, screw him, you know, I got the wrong partner, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, Becca, your answer was so genuine, like, right? Obviously, they had cameras around, and you were like, hey, this was a great experience, and you didn't let it crater everything in your life or in your relationship with Floyd what is that just who you are as a person? What, what led you to be able to say, we just got eliminated because he didn't hydrate and he got heat stroke. I didn't do anything wrong, but you know what? We're a team and this is the way life works. We're a team and this is the way life works. I, I, while like Floyd struggled in that challenge, it was a complete team decision that he was going to do that challenge. And and that's really like, yes, the mistakes of the challenge are, you know, post-choice, but understanding where big decision moments get made and how leadership in a team dynamic is uh, balanced is something that we've really started to dive into as we process the mistakes that we've made. Um, and yeah, that moment where we opened, frantically opened that roadblock clue and made a decision out of like tunnel vision and desire to get first place and a leg that really just all it needed was us to not lose. Uh, we, we've really dissected uh, as a team, like why, why did we make that choice? What about our team dynamics and like the space for both of our voices to be heard is playing into playing into that. And that's really where it gets juicy as Floyd likes to say. Well, this is, this <laughs> is the reason word. <laughs> This is the reason I wanted to have you guys on Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do because successful entrepreneurs have failures along the way. It's not always about winning in using the amazing race uh, analogy. It's not about necessarily winning the million dollars. It's about, you know, failing and being able to stand up again and and be strong and to not, you know, sort of, you know, you know, blast your partner. But instead say, okay, where were we? Where have we done? I think you guys have done a lot of work really looking at that first race as a team and as people. And I think the lessons that you've learned and that you've taken out and that you're sharing with people when you speak, I think those are are really important lessons that entrepreneurs need to learn that sometimes we think like, oh, well, Bill Gates is the only winner in technology, you know, or or something like that. No, there's thousands of people that we've never heard of who have failed, 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 and then won we just, you know, they're millionaires and they're, you know, they've got everything they could ever dream of. We've never heard of them because they didn't win because they weren't the, you know, the 
Microsoft or, or Apple or whatever. And I think you guys have done a very good job of that. So I then want to jump in to the story of your second chance on The Amazing Race. But first, I have to thank the sponsor of this episode. So this episode is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. They set you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to ensure that you sound amazing. Podfly does all the heavy lifting and the technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing really, really cool people like Floyd and Becca of Team Fun. Hey, if you want to start a podcast, and I know that some of you do, jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this show. All right, so. You're good, Tom. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so you guys complete that race. You came in fifth. And then where do you go from there? What happens? I mean, obviously you stayed friends. You live in the same place. What, what happened after the race? Yeah, I think after the race, what? that is actually when our friendship really did start to begin in, in a more real way. I mean, you could, you, I know we said at the end, at the end when we were eliminated, like, yeah, we made friends, but really like we had this very unique relationship that was being teammates in this intense race, both of us living our dreams, our minds being blown, like Floyd said, like this kind of like, ecstatic energy. Uh, and then like we come back home and now is when we get to actually start to see each other's worlds a little bit more. And like, yeah, we both live in Boulder, but we actually have totally different lives. Well, I was just going to say, one of you, one of you is a financial planner, and yeah. one of you is a rock climbing instructor. Yeah. And if, if I mean, I've spent time with both of you on a couple of occasions. If you were to meet you separately, you would say Becca's best friend would never be a guy who worked in a financial office, and you would say Floyd's best friend would never be the person who goes out on these adventures into the middle of nowhere and sleeps on the side of mountains. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really quite Funny. beautiful. Uh, and and so we stayed in touch and we, like, I mean, we planned our entire, like, premiere for The Amazing Race and we watched all the episodes together as many as we could and, and celebrated that together. And that was, like, where I think our real friendship started to develop. And also our team dynamic continued to that to develop and we started to understand how each other worked better and why we were the way we were. And that really helped us uh, when season 31's opportunity came around to be a more effective communicating team. Cause that's like ultimately how, how do you become an effective team is like a ton of, of communication and, uh, and really and then also some like we did some physical training and uh, and work together in escape uh, rooms, escape rooms. Yeah. <laughs> Where Floyd yeah. <laughs> single handedly got us out of that room. <laughs> so so season 31 was a reunion race of sorts. It was uh, people who had yeah. been on the amazing race before people who had been on Big Brother and people who had been on Survivor. And they were e three equal numbers of teams put into that and you all were sort of sent out into the world and uh so this one was interesting because it was people who you had seen on these reality shows but they weren't from your season they weren't people you knew but this time you had a little bit of a different thing because now you knew each other so this time you went in as a team what was season 31 about yeah so season 31 for us was so first of all there wasn't actually equal number of teams there were like three survivor three big brother and then five amazing race teams so it was kind of like we were trying to defend our home territory. Um, but season 31 was, was oh man, how do I even describe what season 31? Like, it, it's, Eric and I were able to go a lot deeper into our relationship because even though we had done a lot of growth in between season 29 and season 31, there was growth that was even happening during that race. And, and the big difference from this one is on our first season when we were all strangers um, in between legs, we didn't get to be in the same hotel room. We had separate hotel rooms, whereas this season we got to room together as a team. So that let us, um, really, we just got deep and reflected. And there were some like, so I was like, hey, when you said this thing, it, that, like, that encouraged me not to say this thing or vice versa. And we really were able to start even getting even deeper than what we had been before the starting line. Um, so we definitely weren't strangers anymore. We were friends, but like, it was even getting more, more, uh, more, you know, intense than that. And then uh, we get to like 10 in the Netherlands and I'll, I can let Becca tell the story. Or I can tell it, I don't care. Yeah, I can tell. Uh, 
Is that yeah? Is that what you want, Tom? Us to oh, tell this? Ab- ab- absolutely. So you're in the top five again. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, it's the top five. It's leg ten. Deja vu all over again. Deja vu, leg ten. We're going in. Uh, we had spent the night. We actually had already like kind of been in a stressed out place because all the flights from Croatia were all delayed, and it was like a crazy night. And and we d- we'd made the mistake of like not grabbing all the different flight numbers and keeping up on them. So we thought we were hours and hours behind. Uh, meanwhile, a flight had gotten delayed like nine hours. Uh, and so we were pretty stressed out coming into it. And then one of the things they don't really show is that actually there was kind of like a, we got there at night and then slept over and then the leg really started in the morning. They don't show that. Uh, yeah, they edit, they, they edit to make TV more interesting. Exactly. Uh, so we were, we didn't really have like our normal morning routine together where we actually like almost every morning, I'm pretty sure we sat in meditation together and we had time to like get into the frame of mind we wanted to get into. And this time we woke up and, you know, we didn't really know when we were going to start and Floyd and I voiced to each other like, okay, this is leg tent. We're on bikes. Like we're both (laughs) nervous right now. And we need, we want to hold each other accountable to like not get into that frantic, stressed out state of mind that ultimately led us last leg 10 to make a poor decision. So let's not do that again. Uh, We depend on ourselves and nobody else. That was like kind of one of our core mottos was like, we are a strong team. Let's just depend on ourselves. And ultimately, uh, you know, that's kind of like in our, in our world of trying to be autonomous beings and not depend and, and help each other out sometimes works and it sometimes doesn't. Uh, and in this situation it didn't. And so from the very beginning of that leg, we uh, made a few mistakes. We like Colin and Christy offered us uh, said, Hey, we're getting directions right here. Would you like to come and get directions with us? And we had gotten uh, wrong directions, but we had gotten directions. So we knew where we were going and we, Uh, We denied them and we were on our own track. And from that point we were behind uh, and starting, the stress was starting to build. And this is like not getting caught in the hype. Uh, We were starting to get caught in the hype and the stress was building. And that continued as we got lost through the Netherlands. We just, you know, didn't take the main road. We took some back roadway. And now we are, we are in last place and still though, totally in the game. Uh, and ultimately get to the U-turn, U-turn board. We find out we've been U-turned. Stress is now getting higher. Um, and though we do know Nicole and Victor have also been U-turned and that we believe we are a stronger team than them, so we can we, can, we still got this. Uh, and we've seen them out there. We know they're still fighting to stay alive as well. Um, and But again, the stress is just gaining more and more higher and higher tunnel vision, uh, frantic mentality. Floyd is like physically, I think focusing really hard. We're pushing so hard on this tandem bike, pushing, 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 uh, on the edge, just trying to go as fast as we can biking miles and miles. And Floyd is like focusing really on the physical part of it. And I keep checking in Floyd. Are you okay? Like, I know last time we're drinking so much <laughs> water. I was gonna say, hi, hydration was Floyd's middle name that day. Yeah. Yeah. No, we I, we, I had to pee so bad at the end of that day. Yeah. We were hydrating a lot. That was like the focus was let's just like keep checking in. But yeah, we both were responding to the stress of the situation in different ways. I became more vocal. Floyd became less vocal. And ultimately when we got to the the second part of the detour, which was to gather 12, or it was to go across a moat, the Dutch way, which was basically pole, vault, pole vaulting across this moat, go across, get a dozen eggs and two cheeses and bring them back across the Dutch way and then bring them to market, like another couple miles, 20 minute bike ride to town, which we had already been to. Uh, so we knew where it was. And... So I got the eggs and put them in this little burlap sack. And I was like, how we're, we have to go pole vault across this thing with these eggs. Like there's no way these eggs are going to survive that. So I, I'm stuffing grass into this bag and trying to cushion the eggs. And we toss the, the cheese across 
and Floyd belly flops his way across the, the moat. And I'm getting all, all adrenaline is like coursing through me. I mean, that is one of the most exciting parts about the race is just how like the level of just intense adrenaline presence uh, and focus that it, it pulls out is really something unique uh, and, and, and can serve and it can hinder. And, <laughs> and so it was serving to make me feel really alive. And it hindered me because when I got across that moat with the bag and I, it didn't seem like it hit anything. I felt, I literally felt invincible. Like I, I was like, there's, I, we cannot be stopped. We are so fun stoppable. We will never be stopped. There, there's no way these eggs broke. I mean, we, we're getting through this U-turn from last place. We're pulling through again. We are fun stoppable AF. Like there is nothing that can stop us. We, I think I yelled like, we ain't getting eliminated today. Like I'm like screaming. I'm like going insane. And Floyd's kind of just like, you know, just, just like keeping up or I, I don't really know what he's just like trying to match, like stay, stay supportive towards me. And he made a comment like, should we check the eggs? Oh. And like, yeah. <laughs> oh. We should have checked the eggs. Maybe we, we should have checked the eggs. We go back to that moment. <laughs> you talk about learning. So you didn't, you didn't check the eggs. So and we then didn't you check biked the eggs. back. I like opened them up. I took a little peep and it wasn't really, it was, that's one of those, that's a decision point. There's like these decision points where you think, Oh, this is just a little decision when actually this is a big decision. This is, this is actually the point that decides our fate. And we did not realize that until we had biked to town, oh. got to the cheesemonger guy and he pulls up. It's like the first egg I hand him has a hairline fracture. And he says, I'm sorry, I cannot accept this egg. And I was like, it was like shock, disbelief. Sad. It was like all five stages of grief. And then just, yeah, sadness and anger. Uh, I felt really like I let Floyd down. I felt like I'd let us down. Uh, yeah. And I, I screamed really loud. They show one scream on uh, <laughs> the show and then they don't show the other one. Uh, everyone like looked at me. I was like, it's okay. Like I'm inside. I'm just <laughs> moving some emotion through me. And yeah, I mean, at that point I kind of knew like, Oh, that was, that was the mistake that kills us. But you know, we, we had our mantra that hope be dope. So we were singing that as we tried to maintain hope through still another like while through the leg. Right. And and so did you have to go back and get eggs or what did you have to do? We biked back, yep. still pushing. I mean, I what I we I wanted to just lie down and give up. That was like my first desire. Uh, but similar to Floyd, I remember he said in the shrimp trap challenge. Well, I, what I really wanted to do was lie down and take a nap. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I said. Yeah, <laughs> but I knew I could not do that at this so, time. So you <laughs> arrive, you arrive at the mat, and Phil has some words that he says to you. Yeah, so after hours of boating through the canals and holding our pee, we got to Phil, who told us what we thought was impossible to hear because we believed it was our destiny to win. And he said that we were the last team to arrive and that there, even though uh, continue racing is not a non-alim technicality, uh, he said we were eliminated. Mm-hmm. It's even hard for me to say because I'm like, no, that didn't happen. He can't say that. He yeah. can't. 18 fun. So, <laughs> That's so, not our role. So once again, you were you were number five. Yep. Yeah. Once again, and Becca was like, she was like, I guess it's just our destiny to finish in fifth place. And then Phil came back with like serious words, and he's like, maybe it was your destiny to actually meet each other. You know, if it wasn't for the amazing race, Team Fun would have never been a thing and you never would have gotten to live in dreams and you would have never gotten to inspire, you know, everyone who watches us. So, and now, yeah, I mean, it, it was, and now people are calling you, story. well, and people are calling you and asking you to come and speak at their youth groups, at their churches, at their companies, yep. at their associations, because you actually have a story that people can learn from. To be honest with you, if you sailed in, kicked ass on every leg and won a million dollars, 
that's nice, but that's not the life I live as an entrepreneur. And that's not the life that people live as they're trying to learn and grow. So let's talk about that transition uh, to what you guys are doing now. Yeah. So really right now we're just even, even more continuing to dissect who we are, dissect what makes um, us work so long. We're just like super passionate about actually spreading um, our energy and our joy to the world. Cause like Phil said, we believe it's our destiny that cheap fun is a thing and we have a message to share with everyone. So we've been, we've come up with a lot of things. It's actually been really fun and really tough. It's been such a tough process to kind of understand why we work so well, but we have a lot of lessons surrounding teamwork and how, how we work so well as a team meeting as strangers for the first time. That's like the craziest story. And it's also crazy because Beck and I are like seemingly the most diverse people you'll ever like, you know, like black, white, finance, rock climber. Like we're like so different yet. We like met for the first time in a reality TV show and inspired so many people. So we think we have really good lessons in teamwork um, that we've, we've dissected. Um, and then also it's just um, the overarching theme of failure. Like it, it's a tough, it's a tough theme, but you're right, Tom. Like if we had just won either our first or even second season, like, it, I don't think it'd be nearly, I mean, it would have been nice, don't get me wrong, but it wouldn't have been nearly as intriguing or really relatable or realistic of a message to share with people. So we also have some lessons on failure and showing that even though we were the fun team and we were the happy and the positive team, um, you know, it doesn't always work out. And then also we dissect who we are as people because you see a little bit of who Floyd is in the Amazing Race and who Becca is, but like we're so much, there's so much more to us than just like team fun. Um, so we, we share that with people as well. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's so as, as you've started speaking to different groups, what's the response from people to your message? The response is really positive. I mean, the, the speech that we just did uh, recently at a library was also to like almost everyone there had seen our seasons, which was like so sweet. Uh, and so they were just geeking on getting to hear our stories. And I mean, you know, if you're a fan of the amazing race, it's like, we're, that's exactly what we are. Like we are in that. So we get to connect on the excitement of this entire game and how it really does expose uh, how different people and different types of people respond to different situations and what, Mm -hmm. and how we bring certain things out of each other as, as a team or in whatever relationship dynamic that we're in. Uh, and that's what's like, people say, wow, you two inspire us. And, and it's like amazing to hear these messages. And I would say the same thing. Like my dynamic with Floyd inspires me too, because it's not <laughs> same, yeah. that I have with all my friends or uh, people that I spend time with. And, and it is really something special. And that's exactly what we've been trying to dissect is what the heck is going on here that works so well so that we can put it into words and hopefully share that information so that other people can find such fulfilling relationships in their lives. Because uh, that's like what we seek is something where we feel like we are growing together and we feel like we're lifting each other up and believing in each other and like bringing the best out of each other simply enough and, and bringing like that we are a good self uh, with that person and then we get to actually, yeah, enjoy and find fun. And yeah, one of the best, one of the most fun things that we, like to do is uh bring meaning into our juggling performances <laughs> and yeah we'll, we'll say no more, we'll say no more. <laughs> yeah so 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 it is interesting the winner of season 31 uh was the team colin and christy and colin actually has been a guest here on cool things entrepreneurs do in fact i think he he has the record for the longest episode ever because we actually <laughs> talked about to say he had, he had a lot to say but we we talked about his his sort of being one of the the founders of the commercial drone industry and then mm-hmm. we transitioned yeah. then we transitioned into the experience of the amazing race it really probably should have been two separate separate episodes but you know we talked a lot about how you know in in his case the race had a lot of transformation cuz season 3 which was their first season he was kind of a hothead, right? Season five, I guess. He was kind of a hothead. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, he something would go wrong. Oh, he'd God. scream at everybody. He'd yell. He'd scream at Christy and all this. And, and in, yeah. in season 31, something would go wrong and Christy would go, honey, let's breathe. And they would be in the cab and they would take a couple of breaths and he'd be fine. And we talked about how 
people grow and change. I think everybody should go back and listen to that episode uh, where I interviewed him because it's a really good analogy of how all of us can grow and change. And I think you guys are that exact type of example. So as you take this, you know, and and sort of jump in with both feet into speaking and training and teaching companies and and kids and everybody else, sort of, you know, how to learn from, from what you went through, what are some of the key lessons? Well, I, before we go to that, I actually do just want to touch on, I mean, Colin and Chrissy's story is so phenomenal and inspiring in so many different ways uh, on so many different levels. And they really like have been kind of mentors and we've grown closer to them through the, through the show and afterwards. And the, like Colin was always a loving person. Oh, sure. But he didn't know how to manage his anger or or that was exactly the team dynamic of it. They weren't able to meet each other where they were at and help to de-escalate. And that's the same thing Floyd and I are trying to do is how can I meet you where you're at so that we can like if you're starting to freak out, how can I meet you here and meet you up there and bring you down? Or if you don't seem to be as engaged, how can I meet you there so that we can so that we can come back to that place of meeting. Uh, and actually in that final episode, there are eight, or in those final two episodes between Colin and Chrissy, there are uh, notable moments where we're like in the cab uh, on the second to last episode where Chrissy's starting to lose it. She's like kind of freaking out at the cab driver. And Colin is really trying to be like, oh, Christy, like don't bring that energy right now. Don't bring that energy. And so there's like that moment where they're trying to like, trying to they see each other and they're trying to meet each other and then in that final drum challenge which is like the ultimate like moment that we can all learn from which is that is you're seeing the tunnel vision colin's all like angles angles where are the angles and what do they need to do and he's not hearing christy at all he's just not hearing her where he when she's saying like i don't think that's it and he's getting in his in his zone and then exactly breathe take a step back, actually slow the F down, which is something we can all learn from. And, and let's come back together and and work together on this. And I think it's extremely powerful, actually, just that, that message of, uh, of meeting people, meeting each other where we're at. And that comes to our own, uh, uh, well, Floyd and I are trying to spread as well, which is meeting each other where we're at. It's going to be, it's going to look different for every dynamic duo. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, and, and 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 one more thing, Christy's amazing in her own right. And in fact, I yes. I need to, yeah, to yeah. I need to get back because we had talked about her being. I I purposely didn't interview them together because I want to have her on the show as well. And so you just reminded me I have to reach back out and and get yes. Christy on the show because she's she's done some amazing stuff with the work that that she's done as a coach and and a healer yeah. and all that. So the two of them yeah. are yeah <laughs> powerful. Worth worth listening to. <laughs> so, yeah. getting back as we wrap this up on, on on your message, what advice do you have for entrepreneurs? Because that's what this show is about. It's for business people who are trying right. who are trying to build teams. What's your message? Yeah, I think one message that I'm that Beck and I speak out that I'm really proud of is like we call it. Originally, it was called uh, unity. It's, it's called unity among our similarities and differences, right? And so, like. The essence of that is like Becca and I were able to bond because we had a lot of things in common, like we like to beatbox, we like to freestyle, we had this optimistic, fun-loving attitude. But like what we also believed was was important was not to ignore our differences and like the inherent tension that exists in our differences. And I feel like I'm just feeling directly from one of our speeches. But I feel like in our, our society, when we have like these messages of unity, a, a lot of times these messages of unity are about ignoring our differences and just focusing on our similarities. And we think that's that's like not necessarily the right way to look at things. And especially for entrepreneurs and just in the business context in general, you can't, if you're trying to create functional teams, it's like, you know, you can't create a team with all the people who have the same interests or, or even if they have the different talents, like you, you can't ignore those talents. And like, that's essentially what Beck and I did on the race. Like I knew that I was more of the, the analytical puzzle kind of guy. Becca was the one who'd like carry a flaming boulder up the side of a mountain kind of girl. You know what I mean? And we like didn't ignore that. Cause like we were different in that way, but that's what we had to embrace. And there's, and it's not easy. There's, there's tension embracing how you're different. And, you know, especially with people like me and Becca, it's, you know, we had completely different lifestyles, different personalities, different beliefs, but like we knew that they were all of that shouldn't be ignored as important for the team. So like, I guess 
with entrepreneurs, it's just really, as they're trying to build teams, it's important to realize that, you know, I, I think ultimately you have to find someone that has the same vision and same desire as you, like that core thing. So Beck and I bonded that we wanted to have fun and we wanted to win the amazing race. But then like, besides that, like, hopefully they're like so different than you. And like, I think, you know, that's really the key to find, to find, um, to just really take yourself to the next level. Nice. Yeah. And, and within that is like, if you're an entrepreneur, you recognize that you have something unique and special to bring to the world or to, to bring. And that is something that is unique to you. Even if you're trying to start something that somewhat already exists, you know, like there's bajillions of people speaking out there, but the energy. <laughs> yes, yes and, there are. I'm one. Yeah. Of them. <laughs> And so we are all unique individuals who have something unique to offer through our own, uh, like the intersection of our own experiences and identities and, uh, and the stories and just the, the energy that we bring and, and the way that we, the way that we bring ourselves to the table uh, and what we bring to the table. And that is unique. And, and so just that's part of embracing our differences is recognizing like we're not trying to fit into some mold. We are really trying to bring something unique and, and that's powerful and trusting that because everyone's going to have an opinion and everyone's going to say this or that you need to be a certain way, or you have to do something special to fit into the in crowd. And, and it's really uh, we have to trust our, ourselves and our own process as we pave a path that's never been paved before. Hmm. Well, I can't Preach. wait. I can't wait till I get the opportunity to see you guys speak at a conference. Uh, I know I've got uh, uh, some people I've told you got, told about both of you already, and I'm hoping that uh, our paths will cross out there in the world of conferences and events because uh, I think your message is important. I think the two of you are really nice people. We had dinner with my wife and my kids. Uh, when we were on oh, vacation, yeah. we were on vacation in Boulder, and because my kids grew up watching The Amazing Race, uh, my daughter, my my twenty three year old's way more into it than my seventeen year old. She has never missed a season like her mom. Even when she went to college, she still watched it. And season thirty one, her and her fiance watched every single episode, and they had you know favorite teams and people they were cheering for and all this. And then at the finale. When I met you guys and I, and I, you know, I sent a picture and you guys filmed a little video for them saying, hey, Jackie and Thomas, enjoy the finale. They were like, Dad, how are you with these people? We've been watching these people. When she got to go to dinner, she was so starstruck. It was kind of fun because she just sat there like, oh, my Aww. God. I mean, her 12th birthday party was an amazing race themed birthday party. My wife had them running through the neighborhood, getting clues from neighbors and solving puzzles and, <laughs> and, and things. So for her, it was so much fun. But after we left you all, it was going to be a short dinner because I think Floyd had to like, uh, he was dog sitting someone's dog. The poor dog didn't get put out. <laughs> we had like a three and a half hour dinner. I'm like that poor dog. But af after yeah. they left, my, my, da <laughs> my, my daughter's comment was that was, they were just so real. You know, I mean, there was like, they weren't famous. They were just friends we had dinner with. And I thought right. that's who Floyd and Becca are. They're the same people on the race as they are at dinner and as they'll be on stage when a company brings you in to speak. Appreciate that, Tom. Aww. Yeah, that's, that's well said. So take, take the pedestal down. Any, any last words uh, of advice for the audience? Actually, I have, I am, I just realized I'm looking at this book on audible right now. It's called the third door. And I think it's incredibly applicable to entrepreneurs. Um, it's, it's basically about this quest of this college student, uh, it was written by this guy named Alex Bonion, and it's about this college student who's on the quest to interview the world's most successful people, like Steven Spielberg, Bill Gates, and it's really, really interesting. So I highly recommend it, and I think there's some really cool lessons in there. I talk more about it, but I'm probably only like a third of the way through it, so I truthfully <laughs> don't even know what I'm getting into yet, but I think it's very uh, relevant to the conversation we had today. It's nice. called The Third Door nice. on Amazon.com. Nice. And <laughs> Becca, will, Becca will give you the last word. Uh, I just want to say thank you so much, Tom, for supporting us and believing in us. Like your support and yeah, I'd say mentorship has helped fuel us into believing that we're more capable of uh, stepping into this world than we give ourselves credit for. And so it's really lovely to just see how we're all supporting each other. And yeah. Nice. 
well, lifting each other up. So thank you. I will tell you what, you guys uh, were, were a highlight of this year uh, to get to spend that evening. We uh, we have a friend who's a mutual friend of Collins. And so we got invited to the cast party and the watch party. Uh, and it was one of those things my wife and I didn't really know what we were going to. And everybody was so nice. But meeting the two of you was probably one of the highlights of that of that whole uh, uh, long day. So that was that was a lot of fun. And I'm glad we got to have dinner. You. And I'm glad that you guys got to be guests here on Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Someday people are going to look back and go, Tom, how did you ever get Team Fun to be on your little podcast? Because they're, <laughs> they're so famous. Just, <laughs> just schmooze them with some good fish and ice cream. And That's right. That was a good idea. <laughs> that was really good ice cream. Hey, and thank you to everybody who tuned in and listened. I say it every episode. If it wasn't for the audience, why would we do the show? Uh, this episode, I think, had a lot of little nuggets. I say it every time. Success leaves clues. And even when you come in fifth, you can still be the most successful person because I think Floyd and Becca are the epitome of success. They don't need CBS to give them a million dollars. They might have. They might have wanted that. They won't do it. Okay, they can still do it if they want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Invite us back a third time, please. That, that, there you go. All right, CBS from from my lips to God's ears. Uh, put them on season thirty-four. So there, yeah. there you go. There you go. Yeah. There you go. And should we just plug our website here? Oh, please. Yeah, no. How do people find you? For, oh, yeah, do it, absolutely. Do it. So people can find us. We have a website. It's funstoppables with an S.com. And uh, I'm on Instagram at Becca underscore beatbox, Floyd the boy. And I'm at Floyd JP, the number three. And also yeah, on Twitter. We're, <laughs> we're still out here trying to have a good time and spread, spread the love. So. Nice. And uh, I'll make sure that unstoppables, that unstoppables that unstoppables.com is linked in uh, on the page for this uh, site. We're looking for an site. agent cool. or a manager or something like that. So <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. I'm sure I'm, if they're smart, they should be calling you. So, all right. Thank you to everybody. Amen. Thank, Amen, you to, thank you to everybody who tuned in. Go out there and try something new. Uh, if you've always yes. wanted to be on The Amazing Race, make the video, send it in. And, do it. Uh, yeah, that's all I got to do. You never right. know. I say it all the time. You got to try new things. Hey, I'll tell you what. Go out there. Try new things. Make sure your ladder's against the rock, rock, right wall and uh, be fun stoppable. And while you're at it, have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at, at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.